Welcome to Swine Doc Pod with Carthage, brought to you by swineweb.com. I'm Dr. Clayton Johnson, partner and veterinarian at Carthage Veterinary Service, and joining me today is Dr. Claire Lefebvre, also on the vet team here at Carthage. Claire, thanks for joining us. Hey, Clayton. Thanks for having me. Happy to be a part of the inaugural podcast here. Um, I was willing to be a guinea pig, so thanks for having me again. I really appreciate you doing this, Claire. I appreciate you being a good sport, and I hope this is painless for both of us as we embark on our inaugural podcast here at Carthage. Claire, um, you do some media stuff for our company. You recently wrote a, a nice article that was published in National Hog Farmer, and it's, it's available online for anybody who wants to see it. And you entitled it Highlights from the 31st Swine Conference, and it was really your summary of the main learnings from our 31st annual swine conference that we recently hosted. Key theme in that conference was labor, you know, and your article talks a lot about the needs for labor on farm. Um, challenging situations with labor now on the farm, as I understand it. Take us through how important labor is on the farm. So I think Clayton, labor has, we just have more competing markets now. So when we think about labor being an issue, I don't think that it's a, a new issue for, our comp for not only our company, but our industry. Um, it's not a new issue. It's an issue that we need to be more strategic about um, that maybe hasn't happened in the past. So one of the things that we need to think about in kind of our post-COVID area here um, is all these different markets that we're competing with. So an outlet. So um, work from home positions, we look at um, all the virtual options you can essentially have any position um, and get that type of job um, that offers a lot of convenience that um, positions in our industry just can't compete with. So when we talk about um, those positions, those positions have a physical location um, and that is becoming um, a challenge. Uh, so when we look at all of those options that are available to um, students coming out of school or uh, local recruits, there's just a lot of options that weren't there in the past. Yeah, and everybody's hiring right now, right? <clears throat> we yeah. we um, have challenges sometimes with hiring good folks, um, even when there isn't a, you know, overall labor crunch. But everywhere you go, you see signs up, right? You know, jobs available, free insurance, 20 plus dollar starting wages. It's, uh, it's amazing the opportunities that are out there for potential employees. And for farmers and production systems, it means that we've had to turn to some, um, you know, some novel pathways to bring labor into the farm. And I know one of the big topics of the meeting was TN visa workers. Could you talk to us a little bit, Claire, about just some of your experiences with TN visa workers and, and how valuable they can be to a farm operation? Sure. Uh, the TN visa network, um, the TN visa program is a, a government program that um, allows folks from that usually have a degree in agriculture uh, to come to the U.S. to work in a specific field. So whether that's uh, pig production, beef production, um, or different types of agricultural fields, it allows them to get there through this TN visa process. Um, in my experience, you know, I've worked with a lot of individuals that have come through this pro come through the program, um, and they all very willing to learn. Um, they want to employ the knowledge that they've learned in their schooling um, from their home country and transfer it to um, earning income in a different country and improving their skills. 
what do you think, um, Claire, are some keys to success with um, recruiting folks and, and ultimately retaining them? Maybe start with the recruitment process. Do you know what that looks like for, for a TN visa program? Yep, so with a TN visa program, I would say that there, there's a lot of competition. Um, there are companies that, you know, all, not only the swine industry, but across um, other agriculture enterprises as well that use this program. Um, so there's a lot of competition. Um, what that looks like is you have to have your recruiting program being at the top of its game. Um, so you have to have not only your positions outlined, but what's, what's the career path? Um, essentially, somebody should be able to look at an organization and determine how, what type of work they need to put in, what type of degrees they need to get to the top. Um, how do I get your job? How do I get that person's job? Those are all things that people want to know. Um, and if they're going to be limited to a certain task or a certain position, um, those are things that they want to know as well. Um, not, every, not everybody's focus is on growth. Um, some people want to do a certain job. Um, they're happy doing that job. They love to breed sows. They love to process pigs. Um, they love to be a leader of a department. And we need those folks too. Um, not everybody should be pushed into growth, um, but it's certainly something that should be outlined for those folks that want to succeed in the industry um, and go on, go on to take leadership management positions, oversee farms, oversee groups of people overseeing farms. Those should all be paths that should be outlined um, in a recruiting program. Yeah, we had uh, some excellent presentations and there's a quote from one of the presentations that I will always remember. Uh, Sean McGinn was presenting on uh, employee development. And one of the things that he said was that if you develop your people and you promote your people, they will stay with you. And that always has, you know, resonated with me um, that if you give people the skills to do the jobs that they want to do, and then you give them those opportunities. And certainly those opportunities are out there in pig production, right? Maybe it's at another farm or, or, or you know, uh, being transferred to somewhere else that has an open role as a department lead or a farm manager. But man, do we need leaders out there um, that, that those folks will stay with you and, that, and they'll follow you. Um, they'll trust that you will do those same things for them throughout their career. That's always stuck with me. And, you know, I think the key to developing employees is doing it early, right? You want to start when those folks are first coming into your organization. Um, we have an onboarding program that we do here with employees at Carthage, and we kind of covered that a little bit at the conference. Mel Roth got up and talked about that. Could you talk a little bit, Claire, about the onboarding program? What's it look like if you're a new employee to go through it? Uh, what are the goals of it? And what do you think it enables that new employee to do when they get to the farm? Yep, I'm gonna back up just one second, Clayton, and touch on something that you had, had mentioned um, about you know, offering the opportunity for individuals to go on to leadership positions. Um, I think one of the things that we can recognize too is you know, offering a different position um, in a different environment. You know, maybe this individual doesn't fit in in this farm or this position um, in this situation. So whether that be it's the farm or under a certain manager, um, be open and willing to transfer that person to the same spot on a different farm. Um, we all have different environments that we work best in um, and under different personalities. And I think that we need to offer that opportunity um, to not only to not necessarily save that person, but to have them progress in your organization or find a home that 
um, accommodates their work style in a more appropriate manner. Yep. And if they're excited to learn and continue that career, we owe them the opportunity to try that in a different environment and see if we don't get better results. Yep. So uh, our onboarding program, uh, Mel covered a lot of things that were great. Um, and one of the one of the most basic things that I want to touch on is it, you don't have to have fancy IT um, or fancy um, equipment to go ahead and get a, an onboarding program started. You likely have one or two individuals in your organization that would be great at teaching. They already know how to do it. Um, they already do it in their daily, you know, daily activities, whether that's being uh, a, a trainer for various tasks that we do in pig production, um, you have those people in your organization. Um, so there's there's things that you could do to develop, help those people, um, whether it's getting a camera or finding access to free software, it's all out there. Um, and then you also have access to the, the resources that the industry has developed as well. So whether that's PQA um, or all the free signage on the health side about um, keeping foreign animal diseases out, um, you can pull and develop a very, very um, developed program, very put together program with resources that are out there um, for very minimal cost. Well, I think it probably just starts with your SOP manual, right? Yeah. Like that's what you want those employees to use. So you don't need to develop necessarily yeah. <laughs> new training materials, just train them for your SOPs. You've got the material right there, giving them a yeah. place to practice those skills in a less stressful environment, right? Not on the farm they just got assigned to and not in the heat of the moment where that farm's down people that they're replacing, but putting them into yeah, yeah. a farm that is fully staffed and they are extra labor and can move at the pace that training really demands. I got to think that that's helpful. Yeah, and Mel, Mel talked a lot about, um, you know, it, most folks just want an environment they can feel safe in where yep. they can practice these different techniques. Yep. Um, we talk, we talk a lot about the adult learning model um, in our organization where we, you know, tell, show, assist, observe. Um, and that was how many times Clayton did I ask you to check something when I came out of school? Just, can you just review this? I think this is right, but yep. um, it, I just want to make sure a lot of folks just want to make sure they're doing it right. Um, and like you said, we don't give them their opportunity to do that sometimes when, you know, we're staffing is down across several farms and as an organization, we just need, you know, we need people out there, you know, helping to relieve some of the stress on those teams that have been working understaffed for a while. Um, yeah. And that's the wrong approach. And I think that that's coming around to our industry now that we need to, we need to get folks onboarded properly. Um, so, they, they're, so they're set up for success. One of the coolest parts about our onboarding program from my perspective are the safety components of it and not just biosecurity safety, right? I love the fact that we get to do biosecurity training and they get you know, expert training on biosecurity on day one, but the human safety part of it. Um, you know, I saw a group of folks getting onboarded the other day uh, at our office and, and John Ring has got them outside and he's got a, a control fire situation. And every one of those new employees knows how to run a fire extinguisher now. They have actually put out a live fire. Think about how powerful that is to have that experience and the confidence it gets you if, if you, God forbid, you ever have to put those skills to use on the farm. Correct. Yep. One of the things that uh, is we've implemented a lot of things and yours is a better example than mine, but um, our safety glass initiative. Um, so, you know, I, I myself was not the best at wearing safety glasses 100% of the time. 
Um, but now when I don't have them on, it almost feels windy. I'm like, yeah. why is it windy? Yep. <laughs> but so just those minor things make a make a huge difference in our, the safety culture. Um, having people trained um, is not only from an equipment standpoint, but how how do you use the equipment? Like your example. Um, yeah. In addition no, to just having the PPE. And no better way to create a culture than to have this constant influx of new people that are being pushed out into the system that have been trained in a common way that do value the PPE, right? Um, and that builds critical mass so that you feel like the weirdo on the farm if you don't have those safety goggles on because everybody else is wearing them because to them that's normal. That's part of how we do business. Yep. And that having the one, one or two people too that are responsible for onboarding creates that consistency within the organization that you had mentioned. Um, you know, if everybody's sent out to their own farm and are trained by, you know, various different people, um, yeah. it, it can create, it can create this person said, that person said, and um, that kind of deviates from the culture of, you know, unity and safety that you can, you should be working towards building in an organization on farm. Yep, very well said. All right, so um, I'm a, a TN visa employee, uh, been through the onboarding program. What are some of the barriers that I might encounter next as I do get deployed out into my you know, full-time position on a farm somewhere? So you, you uh, Nancy in our organization talked a lot about, um, you know, that it's the visa process to get here is, you know, a six month process that we can sum up in less than six sentences. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to start there. And there's a lot of anticipation before coming here. Um, and when they finally get here, we've been supporting through um, arriving, you know, at our office and our onboarding culture. Um, but we also forget about the experiences that folks are going through outside of farm life or farm culture, business culture. Um, we're adjusting to finding housing. So we got to find housing. Um, we need a car to get to the farms, depending upon where you're living, um, what other folks you're living with, if they came with you, or if you need to, you know, adjust to new, new people that were outside of your onboarding group that you're going to be living with, um, whether that be people from the farm or from the community. Those are all different things. You know, where do I, where do I get a cell phone? Um, where do I, you know, how do I get internet at my house? What are the companies that are available? Um, I know certainly it's hard for me to figure some of that stuff and stuff out and I'm a resident um, in the area that I live. And, you know, it's, it's hard to figure those things out, um, especially in rural communities uh, that when things are not, you know, listed easily available on, you know, websites, you know, where you figure something out from a chamber of commerce or a, um, city council that has those things listed, or if they are listed, they're likely not up to date. So it can get confusing to manage some of that stuff. And I think having a central person um, that is helping those folks adjust to um, kind of the, the outside life activities. So getting, you know, getting supplies for their apartment um, is, is critical to helping them adjust to not only their work life, but also the work, the work, um, the outside of work life. So their yeah. home and family life as well. I think it's so neat that um, folks come to join our business through this pathway. I, I can't imagine, Claire, um, you know, moving to a new country, uh, maybe one that I've never been to before. And what I have is in my suitcase, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, folks that come join us in the winter, um, so often one of the first stops is to run and get a coat and a hat. Um, because, you know, if you're coming from a lot farther south, you've never really needed one of those before. 
Um, so the culture shock piece is huge. New food, new customs, new language, right? Um, I think it's awesome that they want to come here and, and that they're willing to embrace those challenges. And to me, I mean, that says a lot about the quality of individual that that program is going to produce. You have to be pretty resolute. You have to have a lot of willpower to overcome just the hurdles of, of, of being willing to embrace the newness of that program. But for 